Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Charlie Matz, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, March 26th, 2022. I want you to think back to being a kid. I want you to picture the rules that you grew up with. More than likely, there were a few rules that your father demanded that you follow that you didn't understand. You might say under your breath or worse yet out loud, that's not fair. And it's possible that at some point you got the response, it's for your own good. As a kid, we're not buying it. We can't imagine that our father is asking us to do something like this for our own good. Doesn't he trust me? We say to ourselves, only is it years later, maybe once we have kids, that we realize the wisdom baked into those rules. At the time, we couldn't see what our father saw because we lacked his point of view. But as we got older, we saw the love that was at the core of those commands, a love that set up processes, rules, and boundaries to protect us from danger. In today's Old Testament reading in Deuteronomy 17 through 20, we're going to see several ways that God sets up processes, rules, and boundaries to protect Israel. If we look closely at all that God, through Moses, is demanding of Israel, we will see the hand of a loving father guiding his people to holiness and therefore safety from God himself and the destruction of sin. Starting in chapter 17, there's a section that gives some brief direction regarding Israel's kings. Starting in verse 18, it says, And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law, approved by the Levitical priests. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment, either to the right hand or to the left, so that he may continue long in his kingdom, he and his children in Israel." You're listening to Revival from the Bible right now. Well, we see here God setting up a Revival from the Law program for these men who are put in positions of authority. We see a few things in this passage. By reading the law regularly, the king would have a pattern of fearing the Lord through obedience to what is said. That he would be humble and not start comparing himself to fellow Israelites, but rather to his high and holy God, causing him to remain meek that he might not start thinking he has a better way than God. It's easy in positions of authority to think that you have all the answers. And also that he might have longevity in his leadership, passing along a reverence for the one true and living God for generations to come. All these benefits come from the regular reading of God's law. And may we learn from this today. We have the entire canon of scripture readily available at our fingertips to open at any time. Do we think about the many advantages of reading scripture regularly, how it helps us to fear the Lord? It keeps us humble. It reminds us that our king's way is the best way, how it helps us to lead others to our perfect king through his truth and not our own counterfeit wisdom. Now, starting in chapter 18, we see these sections throughout all of our reading today that really serve as one overarching purpose to set Israel aside to be holy, set apart for God's purpose and for their good. He speaks of the Levites and priests, a system set up to care for the spiritual needs of the Israelites. He provides a list of forbidden practices to stay away from in this new land. Moses speaks of them getting a new prophet since Moses can't go into the promised land. 
to guide the Israelites continually back to the one true and living God. He provides laws regarding cities of refuge and legal witnesses to ensure their justice system was fair. He even provides guidelines for warfare to ensure that their affairs are in order, their hearts are trusting in the Lord, and that they take care of things properly, destroying what needs to be destroyed so that they don't learn practices that will cause them to wander from the Lord. I can just hear it now as Moses is sharing these processes, commands, and boundaries with the Israelites. But the Canaanites don't have to do it that way. Why do they get to have all the fun? You know, I heard the Perizzites don't have a prophet. Why do we need some guy to tell us what to do? The Hivites are fine and they don't have any legal system set up. That takes too much time and work. It doesn't seem worth it. Of course, we have the luxury of hindsight, looking at what God is saying to Israel and seeing how they responded. We might look at the book of Deuteronomy and think to ourselves, why wouldn't the Israelites just do everything that God was asking of them? Didn't they know that it was all for their own good? But I think we need to hold ourselves accountable to a greater degree than the Israelites saying, why don't we, as New Testament Christians, just do everything that God is asking of us in Scripture? Don't we know that it is all for our own good? If the Israelites had clear reason to trust God, don't we have more? Now let's turn to our New Testament passage in Luke 13, 22-35. To set the scene, let's remember that Jesus, who was God in eternity past, therefore he was the God of the Israelites, is now walking among the Jews. He's walking among these people. Here is Christ walking among the people that he, with the Father, cared for by guiding them away from sin and back to the loving arms of their Father. And now he's doing the same thing. But they... Being the same stiff-necked people are not listening. They have become prideful and self-focused. If we look closely at Christ's ministry, we see the same tender care for sinners. He is calling them to repentance, a message that many don't want to hear. But Christ's call is a loving one. And we see the same compassion in Christ now as we did back in the days of Deuteronomy. To start today's passage, it says, He went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? You see, it's most likely that Jesus' following was dwindling. He was repeatedly, intentionally thinning the crowd through parables and hard sayings. Even Jesus admitted this and said that was part of the purpose. And we know that after his resurrection, there are 120 disciples as the foundation of the church. So it's possible that this person who asked this question is wondering if there's only going to be a few that are saved. Jesus says in verse 24, strive to enter through the narrow door for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Now it's important to note that Jesus is not speaking about earning our salvation when he uses the word strive. Otherwise that would contradict other scripture that is clear that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone. You think of Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. But the message that is consistent throughout scripture is that coming to the cross requires humility. And when we align ourselves with Christ, we make ourselves an enemy of Satan and the world. And we also have a love for sin ourselves in our flesh. So no, we can't earn our salvation, but there is a cost to Christianity and many will walk away like the rich young ruler when they count that cost. Many were walking away from Christ's hard teachings about following him and thus why this person asks this question. Christ knows that it's in our nature to want it both ways, that that's why many will desire to enter into paradise after it's too late, as he goes on to describe. He goes on to make the point in verse 30, and behold, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. 
They're most likely Jews with an earshot, and he's making the point again that both Jews and Gentiles will be saved. The Jews, who are by default the first, as God's chosen people to hear this message of redemption via the Messiah, and the last, the Gentiles, who are now offered salvation through Christ. The order of things is not dictated by tradition or merit, but rather those who bow the knee to Christ and repent of their sin, trusting in him for the payment of their sins. In the last part of today's passage in Luke, Jesus says in verse 34, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Later in his ministry, Jesus will weep over the city of Jerusalem. But this passage today gives us a glimpse into the compassion and love that Jesus has for this city, more importantly, the people. Think back to Deuteronomy to all the ways we read just in today's reading that God lovingly guided the Israelites, these Jewish people. And here is his son coming as the promised Messiah, and they are seeking to kill him as they have done with prophets before. Let's use this reminder to be grateful for God's loving hand on us as believers in Jesus Christ. As we get a front row seat into the entire history of man's stubborn, sinful heart, Throughout all the history of Israel to the point where they crucify the Messiah, let us not forget that we are getting a front row seat, not just into the history of man's stubborn heart, but into our heart. And let us praise God that he chose to save us despite that truth. And maybe today, when you have a desire to do something contrary to scripture, you'll hesitate for a moment and realize that God has set up the righteous boundaries found in scripture for his glory and our good. He could have just given us a set of rules for his glory alone, but God loves his children and wants to see them holy as he is holy, and we are the beneficiaries of his perfect divine love. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. Ben Blakey will be back on Wednesday, March 30th. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.